President Trump, facing a growing nuclear threat from North Korea, has issued his own threat of, quote, fire and fury like the world has never seen, unquote. You heard it here first, world. America is going to give you the world's most epic case of herpes. The Trump Report starts now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. That's right. Welcome to the Trump Report. I'm Christian Blatt. I'll explain our musical selection in a moment. Uh, as always, Christian DMZ, at Christian DMZ, Twitter, Instagram, both of those things. Don't forget to follow the show at Trump Report ABTV. Tonight, we're joined by the lovely and talented Brooks Lees at Brooks Lees TV. Yes. You can say hi. Hi, guys. I'm always <laughs> happy to be here, and I love it when you introduce me because you always have such nice things to say. And the uh, even more lovely and even more talented than Brooks Lee, Scott oh Moore. Oh, see, wow. see, see that you said I always had nice things to say, so, so. I decided well, to take it back. back at you with but fire. to be fair, Scott, yeah, exactly. is very, Scott is very lovely, and he's also very talented. So yes, you can't really take offense to She's that. She's going to come back with you with fire and fury right now. Yeah. Full not, force. Not in the herpes way. No. Uh, not a la Usher. Although that would be an interesting show. Uh, and Scott Moore at S-Man 80. Thank hey you both for being here. So, uh, yeah, so watching The Detectives was sort of a, a reference to the team that special prosecutor Robert Mueller has. And I, I could have gone with Hall and Oates' Private Eyes, and I was like, it's probably a little cooler to go with an Elvis Costello song. But these are the mm. things that are important to me when I prepare for the show. Not reading information, mm-hmm. getting familiar with the facts. No, it's no. what song am I going right. to use? Life is a song. I mean, I sit there at work with a crazy job, and I just think of songs in my head when people say certain lines. Do you have songs in your head when you're tweeting at Mitch McConnell in the yes. morning? I have songs in my head all the time. We're gonna. We really do need to do a segment uh, on your back and forth. We do. I know. Uh, we need to just print them all up. And read them. I need Morgan Freeman to come well, in and yes. read the tweets. We, we may have, maybe not Morgan Freeman, but someone who sounds someone, a lot like someone him. that can fit in our budget. Yeah, that we, yeah. So, a, a friend of mine who would do it for free. But anyway, so Robert Mueller, so he's got sixteen lawyers. That's a lot of lawyers. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of lawyers. Uh, and twenty other staffers at his disposal. So that was my thinking. Like, oh. You know he's got some private mm-hmm. eyes. He's got the detectives because they're going to get the good stuff. You know, mm-hmm. that's what you need. Uh, and I thought, you know, we talk about this. We sort of cram it in towards the end of the show. So I did want to start about this. And then, of course, uh, you know, North Korea might nuke us during the course of the show. Right. But we're still going to start with this. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Scott, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to sort of an overview, your thoughts on what the special prosecutor is investigating what it seems like he's likely to find, and then last you can say what you hope he finds, which I kind of know, but what do you think that is most likely to happen? thesis dissertation? Yeah. Right. That's well, right. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to just sit back and drink a flask yeah. of whiskey. <laughs> well, it seems like that he's now looking at financial crimes, um, and that's something that Trump is very uncomfortable with, uh, as we know, because that's why he didn't want to release his, his tax returns. Mm-hmm. Um, and because he's got so many different entities, so many different businesses involved with um, with these financial crimes, like money laundering could be a possibility. Um, you know, there's just a lot of deals that have been going on between him and his family members and also some of his Yeah, I mean, the kind of thing that if he had never run for president, would right. you know, nobody's really going to pay that much attention. Exactly. If you're just, you know, an a-hole real estate mogul in New York. 
There's plenty of those, you know. He's he's not Leona Helmsley, you know what I mean? Right. He's all right. <laughs> so, but now he's president. It's like, well, now we got to look at everything. Right, and, and the fact of the matter is they are, and that's what really scares him right now is the fact that they are going to dig up some things that he thought were safely buried that are now going to come back to the surface. And that's why, you know, you've heard these rumblings that he wanted to, you know, fire Jeff Sessions and have a, a recess appointment, which, of course, the Senate did not allow him yeah, to do that. Which, which I think we talked about that last week. A little but, bit, yeah. yeah but they actually went on recess. And, and, and every three days mm-hmm. somebody has to come in and, I don't know, they, like, read the phone book or something right, for, like, to five basically minutes. stay in session right. so yeah. that way he can't. Which is pretty impressive, actually, when you think about it, when your own Republican Party right. doesn't when, trust you. When they <laughs> did that to keep President Obama right, you from understand. making an appointment, it made yeah. sense. But it's like, no, we don't want... Right. Our own party's president yeah, to, to, yeah. to actually so yeah make a he recess won't, yeah so either. he wouldn't be able to fire and replace someone so anybody that he would have to try and put in there mm-hmm. would be confirmed mm-hmm. you know, they go through the grueling confirmation hearings and they're also trying to make it difficult more difficult to fire a special prosecutor there's some bipartisan bills that are have been introduced to make it uh, for this very reason and I think again Trump hopefully realizes that if he does try to go that route of firing the special prosecutor that. That could lead to uh, basically the end of his presidency right. at and that I point. Don't, I don't think he, that he has the ability to to directly fire right. Him. But if he, he had gotten someone Rod else, he, right, example, or exactly, right. it would be very catastrophic but to, to his oh, presidency. Yeah. To your point, you're getting some interesting people kind of teaming up on this. Uh, Tom mm-hmm. Tillis and Chris Coons mm-hmm. had introduced something, and Lindsey Graham and Cory Booker. There's a 2020 Dream Team ticket. (laughs) Come on. Uh, No, but anyway, so, you know, basically, you know, if if Trump were to try and fire Mueller, that there'd have to be what it would be reviewed by a three judge panel, which Mm -hmm. doesn't sound like enough judges. But, uh, you know, it's still like. And basically he they that he could only fire or, or, you know, like you were saying that uh, Mm -hmm. someone else on his behalf, because now his attorney general had recused himself. So if he had an attorney general that hadn't. He could technically fire the special prosecutor. But anyways, the point is that there would have to be a reason behind it. It couldn't just, you know, you want to fire him because you don't like him. Uh, it had right, to be because he, right, exactly, because he wouldn't uh, pledge loyalty and he wasn't going to, and he said he wasn't going to go into your financial records. So basically, like, he has to prove that there's reason that, that they have done something, you know, bad uh, as far as, you know, what their their job is to do. You can't just mm-hmm. say because he donated to a Democratic uh, campaign. campaign or something or exactly. So okay. there has to be reason behind something that you did that warrants you to be able to be fired. In 2001, he rented an inconvenient yeah. truth from Blockbuster Video. He's fired. Yeah. yeah which, you know, probably could happen. Yeah, but there has to be no real... Mar-a-Lago, uh, but that's member. The, but that's the yeah. thing that is fascinating to me when you think about it is the fact that this this guy was the FBI director for 12 years. It wasn't like he's just some political hack and he was appointed by a Republican president and now they're trying to go around and basically try to make him look like he's a political hack for the Democrats and and, and find things about him that have conflicts of interest. It's fascinating to me, I mean, to think of someone who was an FBI director for 12 years is now being looked at as as this I mean, that someone who was the FBI director is is now spearheading a witch hunt, obviously. Well, of course. That's (laughs) that's really what's happening. Yeah. Uh, So, obviously, as they investigate all these things, you know, there can be evidence of other crimes that'll come mm-hmm. up, you know, any kind of financial misdeeds, it's sort of what you're talking about. And that could lead to indictments, sure, all the way up to the president. But it seems like even if none of it touches him, it's going to be people in his company, his, inner his family, mm-hmm. Jared Kushner, maybe a little bit more worried, you know. So uh, it's just kind of interesting. But before we uh, get your thoughts on this, Brooke, mm-hmm. this is sort of 
what we alluded to last week, where there's the Watergate aspect is the obstruction of justice where you're interfering and trying to obfuscate. Yeah, that's right. I, that word actually came to me just now. But that's <laughs> what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And even if you see, that's the thing is you're trying to sort of misdirect the investigation when maybe nothing actually happened. Mm-hmm. So that's like, oh, you got to cover up the break in, you know, be, even though you really didn't know about it. So it's just it just seems like there was a time to just be like, yeah, you know what? Let's just turn everything over to the special prosecutor and let's not get involved. But obviously somebody like Scott here thinks that there probably is something he's hiding. Mm-hmm. I'm just sort of looking at the other way that just to consider that maybe there's not anything he's hiding, but he's just like, I don't know, I don't want them to get this close. Or maybe he's afraid that something that he doesn't realize that he's done right. wrong might come right. up. So that's like, true. Just yeah. in case. Although I, I don't believe that. Right. I'm a, no, but there the could be something that, that he did before he was president that, you know, now it's like, you know, you really shouldn't have done this, and here's when why. When you're a con man, you're yeah. constantly looking behind you. Right. right? And, and the fact, exactly. And the fact that he has so many involvements and so many different companies so involved in things, mm-hmm. that there is probably something there, and he knows that. And even if he doesn't, like you said, even if he thinks if he doesn't know directly he thinks there could be something there i mean but obviously there's a fear because he refused to release his tax returns it still goes back to that it's like if you were an open and you were not afraid of of being caught you're making yourself look awfully guilty by trying to cover it and hide it and and thwart the special prosecutor from doing their job i mean so it looks like you're hiding something and when you don't release your tax returns it looks like you're hiding something even if you're not uh, Brooke, so why don't you share? I'd say that he's hiding something. Yes. <laughs> yeah, why don't you share with us uh, some of the well, uh, potential crimes? Well, that, I think uh, first and foremost, it's so obvious that there are financial entanglements, right, whether it's, right. it's Trump himself or it's Jared Kushner, who has openly already said that he got these loans from Russian banks, a VEB bank that has close ties with the Russian government, as well as Deutsche Bank, which has mm-hmm. financed um, some Trump Tower or some Trump uh, commercial buildings. And then they pulled out, and and now they're trying to separate themselves. So that's a given. We also know that there's Foreign Agents Registration Act, that Mm -hmm. there's been problems there because of Michael Flynn. Now Jared Kushner, who's blaming his secretary, and said, oh, she accidentally submitted it when I didn't put the 27 other people that I've just managed to put on. Paul Manafort, for Mm -hmm. example. We know that that's also an issue. Um, The other issue, of course, when we think about Russian entanglement with the campaign, we know that there were, that there was a, computer hacking and fraud, computer fraud in terms of the uh, stories that were put out and, and abuse. And I think that there might be some entanglement there because if you think about the one time that uh, Don Jr. was going to meet with the Russians, uh, they were talking, I believe, not just on info on Hillary, but I think that that was when, I think two or three days later, the Podesta emails came out. And I can't say that they're directly mm-hmm. related, but it is awfully fishy. So that's just... That's well, that's and that's the whole reason. Look, that's the whole reason you get a special prosecutor because it, it's all fairly fishy, and it is. you know, if you dig into it, it'd be like, you know what, it just smelled like fish, but actually, it wasn't really that bad. Then that's it was fine, worse. right? Yeah. Then, but I mean, there in no way does it help Trump for this to get uh, wrapped up quickly. Mm-hmm. I guess if he absolutely was one hundred percent sure that there wasn't anything that he had to worry about then he probably would still drag his feet on it because there's no reason to, to uh, you know, let it get wrapped up. Uh, just to sort of refer back to Lindsey Graham, I had made a note that he said that he felt like it would be the beginning of the end for Trump if he right. fires mm-hmm. the special prosecutor. Mm-hmm. So uh, that'll be interesting. Was he saying 
Okay. Didn't he also, maybe this wasn't Lindsey Graham, but he had also made some ominous warning regarding firing Jeff Sessions. That yeah. if that had happened as well, that there would be like, I don't know, he said hell to pay or something of something feel southern like, of that nature. Yeah, I feel like Lindsey Graham wouldn't have said, maybe he would have said heck to pay. Heck I'm just <laughs> guessing. But so yeah, I mean, you know. Of that nature where he it, was warning Trump. Yeah. And it um, would be. It would not be good for Trump to do that. And I, I think, you know, we've noticed he's sort of backed off a lot of those things lately. And he's not going after Jeff Sessions. And, um, and when obviously, he's not playing Jekyll and Hyde right. to Bob Mueller. Uh, there's a few comments in the chat. Uh, Lawrence Bakery points out, it's a quote, he says, it's not the crime, it's the cover-up. Exactly. Right, exactly. Uh, Scott Brown, not Senator Scott Brown. His failure to release his tax data is a clear indication that he's dirty. I feel like you actually sent that from your phone, <laughs> logged in as Scott Brown, because that's what you always say. And uh, well, once again, Lawrence Bakery, uh, Jared Kushner using his influence to help investors and their families mm-hmm. receive E85. Right, and visits. all the ones in China, and they're still you know involved with that. Right, with Ivanka, the whole involvement. With uh, his family, too, with the uh, real estate investments and things from, from Chinese investors, and yeah. I mean, there's there are so many illegal acts that are occurring, mm-hmm. not only with the well, emoluments clause, which I mean, we've talked about yeah, in the Yeah, and it's even, well. you, know, you can always take a step back from illegal, it's just like questionable. Like, if you just put all the questionable right, things together, it's like, right. we just got to look at it. And uh, His life is questionable, <laughs> I mean, on, on the whole. You know, sometimes you have to get married three or four times to get it right. You know, it's right. all right. Look, at it. it happens to the best of us. I mean, look how many times it took Elizabeth Taylor. Anyway, uh, we should uh, get your I'm going to go for Elizabeth thought. Taylor status. You're going to try and get marriage. married eight times? I'm on divorce number one. Okay. I'm so, ready for number two. So you got so. one on the punch card. You'll get, you'll get your, eighth, your eighth divorce will be free. Anyway, uh, so let us know what you think, everyone. And uh, also, aloha, right back to Once Upon a Time 518. Alex, that is a long login. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and uh, let us know your thoughts. You can tweet us at Trump Report ABTV. And uh, we will uh, always share your thoughts uh, if we can. You can tweet us during the show, and if not, we'll read them next week. Anyway, I uh, alluded to it in the beginning. Let's talk about North Korea. So uh, the hey, nuclear hey, program hey. is posing a, a serious problem for President Trump. And there are intelligence reports, according to the Washington Post, that say they have uh, they've crossed a major, this is a quote, a major threshold in its quest to become a fully-fledged nuclear power by producing a miniaturized nuclear warhead that can fit onto a missile. My first question, how miniature? Like, right. are we talking like Lego size? Because <laughs> no. then it's like, okay, that's, you know, that, that creates like a, a pretty nasty pothole. But it's just how yeah. small is it, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I think that that's an important question. And, you know, I, I quoted him, but let's talk about President Trump's reaction. Uh, it was very subdued, completely rational. Right. Just kidding. What he actually said was, right. quote, He's been very threatening beyond a normal state, and as I said, they will be met with fire, fury, and frankly, power, the likes of which this world has never seen before. The president said, arms folded and voice raised to reporters at his New Jersey golf club, which if you think back through history, Scott, I'm pretty sure that uh, FDR's fear itself speech and Churchill's we will fight on the beaches declaration of war, those were pretty much both issued while wearing a golf shirt that prominently accentuated their man boobs, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, all, all good things happen at, at, at golf clubs in New Jersey. But uh, obviously, it, it was just so funny to read that, that it's like, you know, he's having his working vacation, which considering how little time he spends in the White House, it's kind of like been... One fairly long 200-day working right. vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, and Just I change the location. Yeah, exactly. It's a change of venue. Since the White mm-hmm. House is a dump. Well, that, that's what we hear. So 
Anyway, uh, I would say let's start with Brooke. Your thoughts as you hear about first North Korea, you know, having some uh, nuclear ambitions and President Trump's response to it. Well, I feel like these are two privileged man children having a back and forth fight. Mm -hmm. Um, They no longer have their daddies to fight for them or take up for them. (laughs) So it's like, uh, no, I'm going to say this or do this. No, I'm going to threaten you. And what's sad is that our democracy in America is, is the one that's caught in the middle. And of course, unfortunately, South Korea, too, because they're probably the ones most at risk. And um, it's just really unfortunate that this is his way of responding. I don't know if you guys were at um, Politicon, but Charlemagne the God was there and he spoke about how how Trump speaks and kind of his influence in our culture and political culture and hip hop culture. And he said that Trump is akin to um, a a battle rapper, right, going back and forth. And that's kind of how I felt when I read his his statement. His statement was basically saying, "Don't start none. One don't won't be mm-hmm. none." Right? I don't know. That's pretty much in what the words saying, of yeah. uh, Little John. I think is the one who said that in one of his um, songs. But um, he, I think he even said, "They best not something." I, I think that's actually what I just read. Uh, and when I heard him say that, I was like, "Okay, mm-hmm. wait. Are they battle rapping right now? Like, what's what's?" Um, uh, yeah, he's been very threatening beyond a normal state. And as I said, they've been met with fire, fury, frankly, power, likes of which we've never seen. Uh, yeah, there was something best, I thought yeah, I had taken that time. I did read like, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They best not come at us again. And I was just like, what? So. Which basically he said, oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no, <laughs> you that's basically didn't. what he tweeted out. And, and I've got bigger nukes than you, I guess. And. Okay, to just, be fair, I mean, he does. He does. Yeah. He this, does. Is, this is one thing where, you're, you know, he's not just bragging, you know, like making up for his little hands or whatever. I mean, he really does. And I guess. But to be so flagrantly, like, just 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 throw words out, out there, there like on that. Twitter it's pub- and in the all public. Of our, exactly and our lives are at stake is is yeah sad and, I mean and I think that the right approach is obviously publicly you don't engage you know Kim Jong-un is like a heckler at a comedy club mm-hmm. you can probably get away with just completely ignoring him because right you know Kim Jong-un doesn't tweet like President Trump does because I think is there's only like one. Love? There's only like one hour in the morning <laughs> where like the hamster that runs in the giant wheel that powers the, right. the internet for the whole country, and then he gets tired. So you know he can only do it like seven in the morning. So, but you know it's it's North Korea, and obviously anybody who has any kind of nuclear weapon. Look, I've seen twenty four. Anybody can have a nuclear weapon, and there can be problems. Right. But I think that this isn't really the guy that you need to be so tough with. You know, it's just like. You know, just I think it's probably more prudent to say something like, "We well, you know they should really be careful." You I know? mean, it's and just a testament to Donald Trump's lack of emotional intelligence. We mm-hmm. know that he is not emotionally mature, and that he doesn't really know how to act in certain situations. And and there you have it, like in its most obvious way. Right, and I and I think it's also a way for him to. And I know it sounds horrible to politicize it, but it sounds like a way for him to cater to his base because he knows he's already losing some of those people. Even Kellyanne Conway admitted that much is that, you know, his base is even starting to turn away from him. He has a terrible approval number. So the only way to do it to go up is and we said this from the beginning and it sounds so jaded, but is a way to be able to have that wag the dog type thing where you're having some type of war or some kind of distraction from the other things going on, like the Russian investigation, the lack of the the fact that his, he's achieved nothing in his 200 days, although he tweeted that he did. Mm-hmm. One of the most achieved uh, presidencies in their first 200 days, which is not true because he didn't pass a single major piece of legislation. He's a complete failure. So this is a way to distract He has been on that. Fox and Friends a lot. Though. And it's I mean, a way to distract. I don't think any president has ever been on Fox <laughs> I know, and right? Friends. As many as times, much, yeah. I know. Well, you can, you can yeah. claim that. Yeah. But it's dangerous to then put 
people's real people's lives at risk because um, we know that yes i mean we can go in and steamroll through north korea in whatever somebody was saying that they were in the general's 15 minutes or whatever it wouldn't take a lot however they do have a lot of weapons you have to remember that Seoul, South Korea, is only 35 miles from the border of North Korea. Right. So you're already going to have millions of people. When I was in Seoul, um, you actually, in your hotel rooms, you have gas masks in your hotel room. Um, because that's how close the threat is all the time. They are always constantly thinking about that. So you are going to potentially have thousands upon hundreds of thousands of people that could be killed. We have a large military you, you base have, as well. You have a whole Southeast Asia that can be destabilized because now you have a vacuum there in North Korea. And who's going to fill that but China? So you're going to have, you know, more of China's power influence in Southeast Asia. And the U.S. is not going to be able to um, have a strong presence there without, again, doing something like in Afghanistan or Iraq, where now we're there with uh, hundreds of thousands, 100,000 troops now stationed for the next decade. Um, more than we have now. We'll have to double that. And now we're going to be invested there and in Afghanistan, which is still something we're dealing with, and Iraq. Uh, and we just, again, don't have the... The ability to spread ourselves that thin and be able to still do what we need to do uh, for our, for our troops, as we already have issues and we we know, um, and then to be able to support everything economically at home. Uh, so a the, lot of issues in the chat. Uh, people are bringing up some good points in relation to this that I wanted to get to. Uh, and if you're watching live on YouTube right now, you can join us in the chat. Or if you're watching on YouTube after the fact, you can leave a message, and uh, I always check them before the next week's show. And maybe we'll read them on the show. But uh, Daryl in the chat says, I'm legit worried about this. I think so are we. I think there's a lot to be worried about because it's somebody like Kim Jong-un who has, you know, even if it is a nuclear water balloon, it's still nuclear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Danny H. points out, what about Guam? They're a territory if North Korea attacks them. It's a declaration of war on us. Exactly. And I mean, that's sort of Which, what the what second wave of coverage right. of the story was. Right. It's like, yeah, it's pretty much a bullseye on Guam. You know, so it's like... Well, we we have to, you know, we we have to do something if if there we feel that Guam is in any way threatened, and I think that it's it's weird because I obviously none of us are old enough that we lived through you know like the Cuban Missile Crisis, Cold War. I do remember the the threat of Russia that was always looming and like oh my God the Soviet Union, and you know just that whole feel of like there was always well you know at any point we could all die and. That's not this, but that's like this is scarier in a way because it, this guy's such a wild card. And well, I think sure, the two of them are wild, well, are wild cards when you really think hey, about you it. You don't know which one I was talking about. <laughs> I know, right? I was talking I about Kim Jong Un, but you know, and I thought I actually thought you were talking about Trump. So you see, there you go. <laughs> this was and in the you just Don't really know what it would take to provoke him in a way where he's like, you know what. I already have enough statues to me. It'll be okay if I die. Right. I, would, I would think that McMaster and Kelly, though, would be advising him more prudently to to not stroke the flame on this and consider a more yeah. diplomatic approach. But they're probably working at the White House while he's, you know, working from the right, right in New Jersey. Yeah. I, I yeah. honestly, I don't think Kim Jong Un is going to to try to send a missile and go after Guam mm -hmm. because he's basically signing up for his own suicide by doing that. And I just don't think he would do that unless he finally felt like, you know. Trump had threatened doing a preemptive attack. I think if there's something like that, then they're going to go all out. But I don't think they're going to make the first move because they know they're basically resigning themselves to suicide and that they're, he's ending his his power right there. So he's not mm -hmm. going to do that. He's, yeah, I don't I, think he's going to be the first one to, right. to actually. And, it's going to be the threats. It's going to be like he's always done and say, we have a right to do whatever we want. We're a sovereign nation. We're going to have our nuclear warheads. We're going to do our test missiles. We're going to do the stuff to protect ourselves. But I don't honestly think that Kim Jong-un is going to make the first move to do that. 
Because he is. He's just right. ruining his And you alluded to the Chinese power. earlier, and obviously they have a very vested interest right. in what happens in that region, but also here because That's of how border. much... But also because of how much money we owe them. Yeah. You know, they don't really want anything to happen. I mean, they want to buy everything up. Right. And, but, you know, it's like, well, they want us to pay them back for us. Oh, my God, storage yard resident is right there. His <laughs> father was stationed on Guam in World War II. Well, thank your father for his service, storage yard resident. Glad mm-hmm. to see you. I felt like I haven't seen you the last couple yes. of weeks, but also... I don't always stare at the chat, but uh, we're so, always glad to see him. So yes, I'm bro. curious of what uh, if you guys think that Trump supporters are supportive of his actually being as staunch as he's being with with Kim Jong Un. And I mean, and I think if you like Trump, you like right. one of the things male. that appealed to you was right. that he 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 shoots straight. Figuratively and literally with his nuclear weapons, you know, he'll, uh, he'll at talk to... But point do they start shaking in their boots and saying, oh, wait, maybe we've well, taken it too far? I mean, they probably see it more like, oh, this is with North Korea. We're going to be okay. Right, I think it's, it's, North Korea. it's more of it, the America's might, you know, yeah, it, and the power of the military, and they're very into that and thinking, we're going to go out there and kick butt and we're going to win. They're thinking and, it's right. like, basically, it's the um, same thing as getting into a war with North Dakota, you know? And be like, I think we would win that, you know? So <laughs> I think that they're not that that worried about it and I think honestly people are pretty excited you know that that he said this right. not excited about what could happen but they're like yeah stand up tough to this guy who's just right. a punk and I mean I, yeah they loved it when he was promoting violence at his campaigns and uh, but telling st- police to but be but storage yard resident uh, in the chat we know that you're a uh, staunch uh, Trump report, reporter but also supporter <laughs> I, I that was actually a slip of the tongue but I tried to seem really clever like yes you are a Trump reporter but, but a Trump supporter let us know what you think about his right. comments about I, I would Ke- just add I think yeah. I think also a lot of Democrats you know a lot of the hawkish Democrats actually like you know, having that forceful military and going after and being like, we're, we're mighty, we're, you know, so it's not even just a Trump supporter or even a Republican thing. I think it does tend to cross uh, both parties and across the spectrum that people do feel like, oh, yay, America, number one, like our military, uh, military power is, is, you know, no other country can even attest to it. And, and, uh, you know, people like that when he went back and did what was the bombing um, with the uh, cruise missiles back in, uh, was that March, April, was Syria, like people loved it including a lot of Democrats. So, um, you know, I do think a lot of people do like that, but it's just the fact of how far you're going to take it and what are you going to risk uh, as far as American lives, but also all of the uh, Southeast Asian uh, lives that would be affected by this. Yeah, and I mean, that's I where think... the fun kind of ends when you start thinking about another quagmire and that we're going to be drawn into. Right, but pre-quagmire, it basically gets to the point you're talking about, which is best summed up in the uh, musical mm-hmm. quote from uh, Team America, World Police, America, fuck yeah. Uh, so I uh, want to talk a little bit about chi- climate change because we do not talk about that very much on the show because I hoax, always right? feel like it'll end up being a whole show. And uh, but uh, and if somebody thinks it is a hoax, please uh, say that in the chat. We always, I always <laughs> want to sure hear from the other side. Um, there, so there was this uh, federal climate change report that's it, it's done. And it, and it, it was leaked. mysteriously got posted before it was approved by the Trump administration. Sean Spicer. Um, uh. yeah, no, that would be funny. As yeah. he left, he or, just threw it. Or, I was going to say, maybe the mooch. You, know, <laughs> you don't know. You don't know who. Yeah. Uh. Uh, so there's a report by scientists from mm-hmm. 13 federal agencies conclude that Americans are feeling the effects of climate change right now. And that statement would directly contradict claims by President Trump and members of his cabinet who say that the human contribution to climate change is uncertain and that the ability to predict the effects is limited. 
So it's probably not going to get approved. And, uh, you know, I don't know what they'll have them change. But sort of as a a secondary thing that came up about this, as I was reading that there were reports that the USDA has, and that's not a mistake, it's not the EPA, the USDA has been discouraged from using the term climate change Mm -hmm. for talking about any sort of sustainable agriculture. It's just you can't say climate change there. So um, I guess... Maybe there's a war on climate change. Instead of actually trying to fight it, it's more trying to fight the discussion of it. And I've always been a firm believer that I didn't ever like anybody, including former Vice President Al Gore, saying that the debate is over. No, you can always talk about, like, well, what about this other evidence that might say otherwise? Not just, well, we don't want to believe that. You know, if you if there is a conversation to be had, have that. But while there's also evidence that says, hey, these 13 federal agencies say that there's something going on right now, what can we do? Or is it too late? Because if it's too late, tell us that too, by the way. Like, no, you know what? This time to do that was like 50 years ago and nobody listened. So, um, you know, just start building a space station, I guess, and then we'll be fine. So, um, Scott, your thoughts uh, on what this says about the future of the planet and what how much damage you think the trump administration will do assuming that they just basically ignore this well uh fun fact i'm chairman of the uh los angeles chapter of the american meteorological society and we meet uh actually i'm trying to plan the annual meeting for september um and and there's actually believe it or not there is a struggle with a lot of meteorologists and climatologists on you know the politicizing of it and some people are like no there is no you know it's politicized and Majority of scientists, including meteorologists and climatologists, do agree that there is noticeably climate change. But what I go back to tell people all the time is when you see the pollution in, in parts of China and certain parts of the world and you see how bad that is, it's just like, why would you just not want to help? Even if you don't believe in the climate change part of it, why would just you not want to help cleaner. Yeah. with and water and everything? Why would you not want to help like minimize pollution? Why would you not want to have str- more stringent stuff on pollution when you see and you know that it's not good for the planet to be spewing out exhaust everywhere and uh, through you know power plants and coal and and vehicles and all that stuff and and airplanes and why would you not want to work on making it better? That's all I say to people is like we should all be working on solutions that help yes i get economically but we can see that there are a lot of positive uh ways of being able to work economically and have green jobs and green um pollution strategies in place and really help the planet because it's not even just for us it's just generations down down the road and we know that we're having an effect on it there is no doubt now whether or not you believe that it's up to a detrimental level or that we're really affecting uh climate or is it more daily weather we're having extreme weather all over the world, and and it's just a matter of time before we go back to that point of no return. Is it now? Have we already passed it? I don't think so, but I think if people really do work together and really help, um, just take better care of the planet. It's better for everybody, and I don't know why there's such a resistance to to science, and I don't know why there's such a resistance to um, trying to make this into a political thing, and, and it's really sad because it really shouldn't be, and the funny thing is, well, not funny, but the thing is that Republicans used to be very big on the environment. I mean, the EPA and everything was was started under Nixon, and uh, Earth Day started in 90 under George H.W. Bush, and Republicans used to be very pro, you know, balancing out the economy with, uh, you know, taking care of the planet. And somehow along the line in the past 20 years, it's now turned into anti-science, anti-anything, and it's, it is sad. 
um, because, you know, they've had the same thing in, in Florida. Governor Rick Scott has basically said you can't say climate change at all if you're working for the for the state government. And you already see the issues down there in South Florida. You see that they have more flooding uh, just daily in South Beach just from high tide. And let alone we start getting a major hurricane or something to come in, and as the sea level rises, it's going to, you know, make a really big, uh, huge inland flooding uh, situation in South Florida. And we have not had a major hurricane since 2005 down there. Right. And I, you would think that people would maybe take a little bit more notice. And, of course, they have. But I'm talking about the people that are staunchly, that live there, yeah. you know, kind of resistant to any of this, mm-hmm. talking about there. But when you see storms like Hurricane Katrina and I, I guess it was Superstorm Sandy, right. it wasn't just a hurricane. And you see like that flooding in downtown New York and you're like... Oh, yeah, that, that that might be a problem. Like, even if you're like, oh, I hate everything about Al Gore because he's kind of creepy and there's allegations and I didn't want him to be president. Mm-hmm. That's fine. You can discount <laughs> him. But there's also there's things that he says and other people say that you're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not a scientist, but maybe a scientist can look into that. I, I, I'm not going to try and stand in the way and complain about that. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I was going to say, I think the problem is, like you said, this politicization of climate change and and of course the narrative that's happened that's evolved around climate change because it has been more of a a um, party issue it's turned more into a new narrative where republicans can claim that it's a hoax because they want to see that everything that has to do with how our democracy ran for the past 12 years as part of the problem with the swamp, right? The establishment. They've created this problem, the establishment, so that they can milk us for more money, right? Because at the end of the day, I think for most people, it's about um, the economy and economics and where's my money going and are they making up Mm -hmm. a problem so that they can take more of our money? Because how are they going to line their pockets? And I think that's how a lot of conservatives see climate change. Now, if we could separate it and, and make it not something that's political, but something that's like you said, science, and we have real experts that aren't backed by any Congress people or lobbyists, mm-hmm. and and start to make that divide. I think which is where we were back then. Um, right, and and then we you know have Scott referenced chance. you know meteorologists, and there are some that disagree, and it's like great. But let's not, the, let's the, not let's not shun them. No, they're let's, in the minority of that. I will say, them, but let well, them let's happen. let them talk about why right. they think that this isn't happening. And even if we don't convince them, it's like not the no. Anyone who disagrees with us doesn't get to talk because then that right. just sort of feeds the. Well, they must be onto something. No, no, and I agree. So, they should have a platform to talk. But you know, climate change is almost like watching someone watching hair grow. It's like you don't see it because it's so gradual and it happens over time. And but we've seen that the average temperatures warmed up. But it doesn't mean that's going to be constantly hot everywhere because people say, "Oh, well, we had the huge blizzard," you know. And the, but that's the thing is, you get more extreme events. You'll have colder winters. You can have hotter summers. You have heavy snow where you don't normally get that kind of snow. Rain, you know, you get weird patterns like we had in California with five years of drought then all of a sudden we got a, a huge uh wet winter that happened you know and it's 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 not in the equal balance anymore you're just mm-hmm. getting one extreme versus the other and that's what what's happening so you're going to get the crazy weather and it doesn't and you know again people are like well we haven't had all these big hurricanes and mm-hmm. that's because it doesn't it changes wind patterns and everything is so gradual that you're not going to see it overnight and that's the thing if people if they can't see it right in front of their face, then they have a problem believing yeah, that's an actual pollution, problem. Pollution, you can see that. You can't feign statistics right, on that either. Right, to, to Scott's, but even in China, they... I was going to say to Scott's point, I went to China four yeah. years ago, and it's crazy just the way it like hangs there, sort of like fog, but you're like, oh, no, this is no fog. This is really This is nasty. smog. And what and, they do there, like they are wanting to do here, basically, is they 
tamp the numbers down so what you're actually not seeing the accurate numbers of like what the pollution mm -hmm. particles are because they don't want people to see that the particles are that high even though you can clearly walk outside yeah, the door and, 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 and see that the pollution you know is in Beijing it was bad but then when you go to some of the smaller cities it's even crazier so uh, we can like I said we can always mm -hmm. talk more about that uh, storage yard resident did answer the question that I asked he said that he doesn't want there to be a war, but he feels like it's very important to be ready to defend yourself if there is one, right. which makes perfect sense, but you don't want to basically be the, the kid with the stick that's treating the, the beehive right. like it's a pinata. Like, we don't need to be um, preemptively going in there. As, as always, we're uh, running a little low on time, so uh, there was somebody, something that I do want to talk about is uh, former CNN commentator Kaylee McEnany was hired as a national spokeswoman for the Republican National Committee. And look, we can talk about what a lot of the media coverage on this issue has been, that it signals further Trumpification of the Republican Party. But what we really need to start with is just how out of touch with reality this woman is. Tweeting in 2012 that Domino's Pizza is better than any pizza place in New York City... <laughs> And on separate occasions, and how can you say, trust her? Saying that really she wished know. there were more Pizza Hut and Domino's in New York. She was lamenting that she was having quote unquote gourmet pizza. It's not as good as Pizza Hut. This woman is a right. threat That's to right. all that is decent That's in America, right. and she should be stopped. Oh yeah, there's some stuff about birtherism, but seriously, Domino's. I know. How can you trust somebody that's going to say that when you're <laughs> comparing to New York City pizza? I, already, I, yeah, I, I saw that and I was That's like, enough. I, I, I was already concerned about her. But anyway, uh, obviously, before this news even happens, just last week, there was this that weird video that was on President Trump's Facebook page where she was doing, and for those that are listening on iTunes and using the biggest air quotes I could possibly muster, <laughs> a newscast uh, that basically was from Trump Tower and it had the Trump logo <laughs> behind her. And it, it was what she was saying is real news. And, of course, if you say it's real news, you say it enough times, people are like, well, this was the real news. I'm so <laughs> glad we finally got that. Um, Scott, I'll start with you. <laughs> what do you think about having someone like this be the spokesperson for the Republican National Committee? As a Democrat, you're probably ecstatic that she's out there at the forefront. <laughs> Well, no, actually, it's scary to me because, it, like you said, the more people see the stuff that they think it's true, and the more true. that Trump and, and his ilk say it's fake news, fake news, fake news with everything else, the more that people start believing this stuff. And that's what's scary. It's it's more it, it's it's very frightening that we've gotten to a point like this. And it is like they're taking a page from North Korea. That's why I feel like him and Kim Jong-un are very similar because, as you know, um, North Korea has uh, – there was a whole article actually about the woman that's been doing it since the very beginning. She's like in her 70s now. There's one woman that basically reads all the things that whenever there's serious news events that come up in North Korea, she's the oh, one. Gosh. And North Koreans know that when she speaks that it's serious news. Um, and, that, and that's what it makes me think of uh, with, this, with this story is like she's going to be the person that when we hear from her, then we know it's a – it's important Trumpian news. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's so scary. So she's a modern day Tokyo Rose, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's very uh, Orwellian. It is. It's very All yeah. of a sudden, I, I thought, mean, oh my God. I thought Fox News was, our, was already in the propaganda. Greek Brothers to go watching, another step. and well, now this is look, how we're talking. George Orwell wrote several books. So Fox News is 1984, right. and Trump TV is Animal Farm. And we'll see right. what we all end up living in. Uh, Brooke, when you hear that someone like this is representing you know, one of our two major parties, 
Do you feel like uh, like Scott does that this is sort of a dangerous person to have out there? Is this someone who her personally, or just the the entire the, the kind idea of person of, who who she is? I mean, obviously we had we had fun talking about I the mean, pizza given thing, her pizza but that pizza right. it does bother me. It does. But, well, that's, but that's what her very opinion indicative is indicative that she has an opinion like that, which right. is insane. But anyway, um, I mean, I don't know. What do you think this says about where the Republican Party feels like they need to head? You know, I mean, obviously, like turn into the so, Trump. Curve. So I got word that every morning Trump gets a big folder. I saw this. Sent <laughs> Go to ahead, him explain. Of all of the positive news, and someone's paid to do this. I think like eighty nine thousand dollars they're paid a year to bring um, him the positive I, news. I, I, I don't care. I have no morals. Trump, I would be happy Trump to do that for eighty nine thousand dollars. Republicans alpha male. When when in, seriously, he's actually a real snowflake. He needs this positive news in the morning, and I think they're creating this little. Trump TV, a.k.a. propaganda TV, is his way of continuing to have the positive news flow because there's only one other place he can potentially go, and that's Fox News. And it's not always positive because they have to report on what's really happening in the world. And well, do they? <laughs> well, not on Fox and Friends. They're supposed to. And, um, you know, they can't make up stories all day long. So, of course, Trump had to resort to this. I think that we should be alarmed. We should be really worried because I, I think we're smart enough not to let... Um, this grow into something greater, but when you when you speak as to her personally, I don't really know her. No, Every no, time no, yeah. she's commented on CNN, I kind of turn the channel or wait because she's never really said anything that that was particularly substantive. Um, so I don't know about her personally, but I just think the platform overall is Trump's way of continuing to stroke his ego. Ego, and you know he gets the folder in the morning, he gets mm-hmm. a folder in the afternoon or the evening because he needs that. That ego boost, that constant reinforcement. You know, uh, Brooke also uh, has a little one, and uh, this is the way I approach uh, things with my son Felix. He gets milk in the morning, right? He gets it in the afternoon, and then we're all much happier. You know, you just you got to just like it's time for some milk. (laughs) So maybe that's just what he needs. He needs a nice little cup of milk with a little. Absolutely needs a sippy Mm -hmm. cup and a baba at night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's one final thing we're going to talk about, which ties directly into this before we wrap it up. Uh, The Alabama Senate primary is coming up, and that doesn't sound necessarily like something that should be exciting, but uh, both candidates now have uh, strongly tried to embrace Donald Trump. I guess uh, the one, Senator Luther Strange, was on board for President Trump to begin with, but Representative Mo Brooks had been uh, sort of battered by attack ads saying that he was skeptical about Trump. Now he's like, no, 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 I really like Trump. And I hate Mitch McConnell, too. Uh, Scott, uh, sort of our our last point here (laughs) is... Do you find it surprising or does it just say more about Alabama that some that they're actually very blatantly embracing like, no, we really support President Trump? Did you expect more people to be pulling away or? No, I I don't at this point because it's there's you know, there's a few states that are heavy Trump like West Virginia, Alabama, certainly Alabama. And uh, don't forget, you have Roy Moore and all that's that's running. And he was the former uh, chief justice there in Alabama who was actually kicked off. Uh, of that job and it's happened twice now and yet he's still running and still has a good chance to to be uh to win um no not at all it doesn't surprise me at all in fact it would surprise me if it was the other way around um uh it, it he's gonna have his supporters uh till the end you know there's 
just like Richard Nixon. He still had 24% approval rating the day before he resigned. So there's always going to be that core of people that are still going to back him. Is that the him. same approval rating that Trump has now? <laughs> it's getting close. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like 33% now. It's actually just a little bit below, you know, because we had George W. Bush that was in the upper 20s by right. the end. And he's already at, uh, down in the low 30s right now. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to have his core no matter what happens. And a lot of the support are going to be in more of the rural states and, and um, the, the heavily Republican states like Alabama and West Virginia. And um, it's not a surprise. So, no. Uh, our, our final thought for uh, what was the your question again? Whether is, or not I'm are surprised? you surprised that in Alabama, both members of the Republican Party in this Senate primary are both like, oh, my God, we love Trump. We can't get enough Trump. They're trying to out Trump each other. Of not. It's yeah. Alabama. I mean, Alabama. <laughs> I'm from Texas. Not at all. Nothing surprises me with his core group of supporters. And I think that right now it's just about kind of jumping on the Trump train to continue to retain that constituency for themselves. Of course, if things change, I think they'll sure. change as well because that's what politicians do. Right, they'll jump they off. They go where if... the money is. They go where the people are. Mm-hmm. They go with the, the, the team that's winning. I mean, right, and it would be the same out here. I'd be surprised if someone that was uh, running for office out here in California all of a sudden said, I'm for Trump. You know, that's right. not going to be good for them. Right, because, um, uh, you know, all, they know all, all even a Republican out here California is going to be careful Republicans about would that. be like, no, of course, right. I don't support Trump. They're going to be keeping arms to, uh, length I'm, I'm distance. I'm not that kind of Republican. So, you know, it's just where you live and where you're at and what's going to be the best support for these the, the local areas to be able to run in and win. So, and you know. the actual final word will come from Storage Yard Resident, who I was going to give a shout-out to because Brooks said <laughs> Trump trained. And the person who's been most, he's been the conductor of the Trump train since we started Trump versus Hillary over a year ago, Mm -hmm. is indeed Storage Yard resident. Anyway, thanks to everybody who joined us in the chat. Thank you to Scott Moore at S-Man 80, Brooks Elise at Brooks Elise TV. I'm Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ. We'll be back live next Tuesday, August 15th, 7 p.m. Pacific right here. Brooke will be back with us. Chelsea will be back with us. Scott will not, so it's just going to be me and the ladies. Make sure that you follow at Trump Report ABTV on Twitter, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Hi, guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.